Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast, where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. So, um, you guys have heard about the Moore family dog before. Yeah, we've talked about Carter. Okay, Carter's a little terrier. Carter's got a lot of energy. His love bank is never filled. Like, it's one of these things. Like, he just, he can't love you enough. You come to my house, you'll hear us from the inside. Someone get Carter, right? Because Carter is going to run to the door and you're his new best friend. Well, Carter has a favorite toy, and Carter's favorite toy is the green pig, all right? Carter, when he sees the green pig, nothing matters more in life, okay? So it could be simply, I'm a Saturday night, I'm on the couch and I grab the green pig. Carter doesn't want me to have the green pig, and once he sees the green pig, nothing else matters in the whole wide world. And so when he hears this, you, you, you have a dog, you know this works, right? Right? And he comes darting, and we get to the couch, and Carter grabs one side, and I grab the other, and the wrestling begins. And eventually I win, because I'm Scott, right? No, but I win, and I throw it across the room. Carter runs and gets it. At this moment, Carter has the thing that he's wanted with everything in his being. So he should be satisfied, right? At this moment, Carter has the thing that he's wanted in his life and he should be satisfied. But if you have a dog, who's got a dog? Who's got a dog? You got a dog? What's, he, what's Carter going to do? This thing that he absolutely wanted, he's going to bring back to me. He puts it on the couch and sometimes Carter's super aggressive and he uses his nose and he pushes up until like, I grab it again. Then what happens? The thing that he had, now that he doesn't have, now that I've got it, he wants it, right? This is how it works and it can go over and over and over again. I'm living this with Carter, and I begin to realize, begin to think. This seems pretty stupid. But don't we live life a lot like this? Like, don't we live the, this, the, the, this way that, that Carter, who should be completely content now, isn't, and this is how we work? Has there ever been a time in your life when you wanted something so badly like, like you, you just, you got to buy it, you got to own it, there's something, you have a place or a dream that you have, and, and all you can do is you focus on this one thing, it consumes your mind, but then after you get it, you get it, right? You get it, you accomplish it, you own it, and you should be completely satisfied, content, good with life. But isn't there often something under the surface still? Isn't there something still, an emotion that you're feeling, that I thought I would feel the contentment, I've arrived, but no. There's still something missing. There's still something I'm kind of, I'm searching for that I haven't gotten yet. There's this feeling I haven't found what I've been looking for. The year was 1987, and there, an iconic band named U2 put out a song called, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. Now, this song was put up for awards. This song was, was considered maybe one of the top 100 songs ever written. And I guess I know why that is, because it's not only musically great, 
But there's something in the lyrics that I think many people connect to. There's something inside of us that says, there's got to be something else. There's something inside of us that aches for, there's got to be something more. And so the search continues. This is how life is lived. And this is what I want to talk about for the next reverse the river. See, if you haven't been with us the first couple weeks, I want you to go back and listen to the messages because they've kind of built the foundation of where we're going and, and why we're talking about reversing the river. What we're essentially talking about is not settling in life for unhealthy areas, okay? I told you at the beginning of the semester, I'll tell you again, I want these messages to be very challenging. I want them to be a little in your face. I want them to stir something up in you. Because we all have areas that we've settled in, and we've got to do something about them. Now, once again, if you'll find the, the message previously, you know we're talking about what happened in the city of Chicago in the 1800s and how they had unhealthiness through their drinking water. And once again, I won't tell that whole story, but they had to make a decision. What were they going to do? Because people were dying. There's unhealthiness in that city. They were not going to settle. And the essence of that story which leads to today is for 2022. This year, we don't got to settle. We don't have to settle for those areas that are unhealthy. We don't have to settle for those areas that aren't working. We don't have to settle for those areas that are not aligned with how God designed me to live. We don't have to sit and settle and just say, that's the way life is. We can change directions. But it takes a decision. And once we make that decision, we have to do whatever it takes to execute the life that God is talking or calling us to. So we got first couple weeks. Now I'm into week three. You ready? Here we go. Week three. I've already told you I'm going to talk about this feeling inside of us that we haven't settled, that we are not content, that there's still something more, that we're in that search. And where we're going to go today is Matthew chapter 19, okay? If you have your Bibles, you can go Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19 is a passage of scripture that, if you're part of One Hope, I'll speak every two or three years, okay? Because this portion of scripture is very personal to me. This portion of scripture is deeply convicting to me. Starts in verse 16. And this portion of scripture touches, I think, every aspect of our life. Hear me. This portion of scripture can touch every aspect of your life if you hear and understand and embrace what Jesus is talking about with this person. So let's read Matthew chapter 19. Let's go. Just then, a man came up to Jesus and asked them, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Now why do you ask me what is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he inquired. And Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I've kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect... Go, sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus says to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay, this is going to have layers to it, so go with me here. If you remember last week, you'll, you'll remember that I said the teacher of the law 
asked a very similar question. He said, Jesus, how do I inherit the eternal life? What do I have to do to inherit eternal life? This week, our guy says, what good must I do to inherit eternal life? And I told you, this is a common question that Jesus got. This is a common question that is in the Bible, and it's a common question that I think we still are asking today, because what is the root of this question? What do I have to do to get in the good graces of God? What does God really want from me? This man is trying to figure out there seems to be something missing. So let's jump into the story. What we have right here is a wealthy person, by all standards, who has arrived, okay? We have a wealthy person who has arrived that on the surface has what others want. So just honesty time right now. Don't lie to yourself. This man, who in most translations, this story is titled The Rich Young Ruler... This man who has the money and the power and the position somewhere in their city, this man is the one you see in everyday life and you often say to yourselves, it would be so much easier or better to be them. When you see this person out and about, you have people, maybe it's on TV, whatever, you see this person, man, life would be so much easier or better if I was them. Because how many of you struggle in some way with the stress of money? How many struggle with the idea of someone who is over you that puts pressure on you to accomplish a task that kind of breathing down your neck? How many of you feel that pressure? How many of you ever, you start your day and your first thought is, man, if I didn't have the stress of money in my life today, man, it'd be so much easier and better. You wake up in the morning, you're like, man, you think of the person that's going to be breathing down your neck, that's going to be telling you what you have to do, that has a position of authority or power over you. You're like, man, life would be so much easier if I was the one in charge. I know you got this, right? We look around and we tell ourselves, if only. You ever tell yourself, if only? It was the problem with this mindset is there's story after story of story of people who, who, who have what you want and are still what? Unsatisfied. Lack of contentment. The world you wish you had is still a world that often feels a lack of contentment. We see this once again. We're in Matthew 19. This is what this man feels. He comes to Jesus with a question. What must I do to get what I really want? Like He doesn't, he doesn't say these exact words, but I'm kind of filling the blanks, so fill in the blanks with me, okay? Like, Jesus, I have everything you want. I want, but how do I get that thing that really matters? How do I get that thing that feels elusive to me? How do I get this thing that will like kind of complete the deal so I can feel satisfaction, I can feel safe, I can feel good, I've just, that I've landed? And Jesus tells him, okay, keep the commandments. To his reply, he says, which ones? He's still wanting the answer, he's still wanting the detail. Which ones? Because if you tell me which ones, then I'll know how to do it. Okay, then you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shouldn't steal, you shouldn't give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. 
This is really great news. This is some good news. Because not only is the man rich, we find out he's religious. Because he says, all these I have kept. All these I have kept. If you read in the Gospel of Mark, because this is in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. If you read in the Gospel of Mark, he says, I've kept these since I was a boy. This has been his life. But then he asked the question. That begs the question about life. It's what's underneath. It's what we're talking about today. What does he say? What do I still lack? Like, Jesus, I've been doing this. Jesus, since I was a young boy, I've been... So what do I still lack? Is there something I'm missing? Is there still something I don't have yet? Is there still something I haven't found? Is there a piece missing? Jesus answers him, okay. If you want to be perfect. Now, this word perfect here is teleos, okay? You could also say the word could be complete, okay? If you're looking, so go with me. If you decided to use this word in other places, it'd be complete. If you want to be complete, isn't that what we want to feel? Because I think sometimes the emotion is, is we don't feel all together and we look around and we're like, that person's together and that person's together and that per- if I had that, I'd be better, it'd be easier and I just kind of want to have their life because I don't feel complete. I feel like something is missing. So Jesus says, okay, that's what you want. Go sell your possessions. Give to the poor and then you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. If you want to experience fullness in life, if you want to experience completeness in life, go get rid of that thing that your identity is probably tied into. If you want to experience completeness in life, go get rid of that thing that your security is probably tied into. If you want to feel complete, then go get rid of that thing that your faith has put its foundation in. Go get rid of that thing that's holding you back from following me. Then you can follow me to the higher standard that I've been calling you to. Because my standard is not a cheap standard, it's a high standard, and you have to get rid of this thing. If you really want to experience a completeness of life, what you're missing is on the other side of this decision, but you got to make it. I can't just give it to you. It's going to require something from you. It's going to require some decisions that are going to cause you to friction and tension. It's going to cost you something. If you really want this, it's on the other side of this decision, but that's on you. This is the conversation that he's having with this man in Matthew 19. Now, I told you earlier, this scripture is really important to me. This scripture is one that I go back to over and over because I think it has layers to it. But, but I've been asked several times, Scott, do you really think this rich young ruler's story is about money? Is it, is it really about money? Well, my answer is yes, absolutely, it's about money. But also so much more. There's so much rich depth to this that we've got to get to. 
But you can't get around it. Jesus is talking about this man's money. There's a reason that Matthew, Mark, and Luke all included it. Why this story is important to all three of them. He was talking about this man's money. There must be an important reason to speak about the thing that most of us don't want to be spoken about. I've noticed there are two things that people don't like people's opinions on. What are those two things? What are two things that people don't... Money? I don't need your opinion on my money, all right? That's an amen, right? Don't tell me... And the second thing, politics. Money and politics. Stay out of those things. You want to start a firestorm with somebody. Talk about their money. Talk about politics. And Jesus, though, in this moment goes, I don't care. Like, I, I'm not going to care because I think, here's why, Jesus genuinely loves this man. You go to Mark, do you know what Mark, how he describes it? In this moment it says Jesus looked at this man and he loved him. Mark understood what Jesus' motive was behind this as he's speaking to this man. Jesus genuinely wanted the best for this man. So, the conversation about money had to happen. The conversation about money had to happen because we all know this truth. I'm just the one on the stage with the mic that has to say it in front of you. But we know the truth that money controls a lot of our lives. It controls a lot of our decisions. See, money is one of the most desired things that people have. And if you say to me, I'm not driven by money, okay, you want the things money will give you, right? Like you may not be, but you want the stuff, you want the position, you want... You want what money will give you. So maybe you're not driven by money, but it's the exchange that you give your money for. And how often decisions in life that you have to make are driven by money. The money you have or you don't have. It's a driving force. This man is no different Money and possessions were the central thing to his life, and Jesus saw into it. Do you know how I know this? It's because how he responded. Verse 22 is just the guy exposes himself when the young man heard this. After Jesus tells him, you want to be complete? You want to have fullness? You want to experience? You want to be complete? Okay. Give away your stuff, then you can follow me. Young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Another portion of scriptures that says he went away grieving. Maybe that's even a stronger word than sad. He went away grieving because he had great wealth. Is a story about money? It is. It is because Jesus knows whatever you won't let go of owns you. Jesus knows whatever you won't let go of on you, whatever you won't let go of ends up running your life. And so Jesus looks at this man and says, okay, you want to feel a completeness? You want to feel a fullness? You want to feel that the search is finally completed in your life? Okay. Okay. Let go of what defines you, and for you, that's your money. You want to experience this, okay, let go of what defines you, and that's your money. Let go of what you think most about, and for you, that's your money. 
Let go of the thing that's holding you back. And for you, your story at the center of who you are, that is your money. And when the man heard this, imagine he took a deep breath. And he realized, I can't do what he's calling me to do because I'm owned by my money. He is like many religious people. He does a lot of good things for God. He's like a lot of religious people. He, he obeys a lot of commands of God. But if, for many, if not all of us, there's this thing in our life that we won't let go of. There's this thing when reality hits our life, we realize... Oh no, that's what really owns me. And whatever owns you will keep you from following Jesus with everything that you have. Will keep you from following him with your whole life. Whatever owns you determines how you follow Jesus. And that's why Jesus said, truly I tell you, it's hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Because Jesus knows people, and Jesus knows people and money. So Scott, is this story really about money? Yeah, 100%. It's about money. It's about this man and his money. That's what's going on here. And the reason I'm speaking about this today, we're going to get into a deeper layer in a second, but reason I get this story, why I go back to it every couple of years, why I go back to it way more often than that for my own personal life, is what maybe what's holding you back for 2022 is going to be your money. It's held you back last year, and it may hold you back this year. Maybe your inability to experience the life that Jesus has called you to because you are owned by the provision that he's given you. You're owned by the money he's provided for you, not the one that provided it for you, the actual provision. Maybe you're the rich young ruler. Maybe whatever money you have is off limits to God. And maybe it's the thing that God is asking you to be open with, and it's the thing that you won't let go of. It's the thing that God's asked you to open your hand with, and you're the one that's closing tight. Now, every time a pastor talks about money, whether he or she will admit it, there's a little bit of insecurity underneath, right? Because, why? What, people, what do people not want your opinion on? Money and politics, all right? I know. Listen, I've been with y'all forever, unless you're new today, and you'll eventually love me. But we've been together for a while. You, you know where my heart is on this. But I know what this does to people. Start talking about money, and they're like, I really want to go. <laughs> you're watching online. I got things to do. You know what I mean? Like, I know what happens here. I, I want us to understand, like, I'm not trying to be that guy. I do think tithing is scriptural. I do think that when we talk about money, I know you think where my mind is. I'll tell you, it's not. It's only about tithing. I'm a pastor. I do believe tithing is scriptural. I do believe tithing helps us grow. I do think it helps us develop. I do think it grows our faith. I think it's part of our discipleship. I think where you spend money shows where you value, and it, it all comes, plays into this, all right? But I need you to hear me. This is so much bigger. I don't want to shrink this story down 
to just you thinking, here we go, the pastor's talking about tithing again. Because you know if you're around, I'm not that guy. And also, you're a generous church. We give a lot away in this church. And we'll continue to give a lot away in this church because of your generosity. I, I get, so, but this is about ownership. This story is about ownership. And, and the first thing specifically on the surface is who owns your money? What if your close-handedness is actually the thing that's hurting you because in, in life you're not as much following Jesus as you're following money. And Jesus is like, hey, this is really hurting you. This is really destroying you. And he's speaking into the rich young ruler's mind and he's got to speak into your life as well. What if Jesus has more for you? And what's coming between you and adventurous, faith-driven, different kind of life is your closed hand on what he's provided for you. And Jesus wants to do something different. For many people, this story is very personal. For many people, this is the squirming message. Because we know where money grabs a hold of us. But as I said earlier, this story has layers and it deeply convict. G the three Gospels are talking about this and it is about money, but it goes to other places because maybe for you, money is not your problem. Maybe money doesn't have the hold on you. You're generous. You give to your church. You give to people in the community. You are always looking for ways for God to use what he's given you. And it's like, Scott, like, I'm good on this. You're not off the hook. Because this story pushes even to deeper places, okay? The man's m issue in this story is his money, but we all have our thing. And what if you had this conversation with Jesus? What would his response be to you? If you want to be complete, go and what's your fill in the blank think about this if you want to be complete go and what would it be would your go and be go and forgive somebody you've been holding a grudge would it be go and ask for forgiveness because you did somebody wrong you can't follow me with everything until you let this go of somebody else or you receive forgiveness because you did something wrong. Your go and thing is go and figure out this forgiveness issue. You may not have a money issue, but you've got a forgiveness issue. You can't follow Jesus completely because you can't forgive like Jesus or you don't have the humility of Jesus. How would you walk out forgiveness if Jesus says, you want to follow me? Okay, go and take care of this forgiveness issue. For maybe your go and is go and be sexually pure. Maybe there's a third thing people don't want pastors to talk about. <laughs> but maybe your thing is like what's keeping you between you and experiencing all that God has for you is sexual decisions that you are making and I'm telling you, these things become between God and you. God still loves you. God is still working your life. But there's something that happens when we do not follow the purity God has called us to. So his go and is go and take care of this sexual purity issue and then come back and now we can go together because this is hurting 
our relationship. Maybe your go and is go and and witness. Go and witness. Because you're holding off of and being close-handed with telling what Jesus has done in your life is holding back your ability to go into the places he wants you to go because you won't share what Jesus has done. Maybe your go and thing is go and serve. Get this, there are lots of people who are really good at giving money but not giving themselves. And maybe your lack of servant's heart is holding you back from going where Jesus wants you to go with him. We all have a go and. The question is, what is your go and thing? This story has layers. I know I make people uncomfortable talking about money. Don't forget about that because I think it does have strongholds in our life. But don't forget there's lots of other strongholds too. And Jesus cared about the man so much that he says, I want to call this out. Why? It's not for the purpose of calling out. I don't, I don't think that matters. It's to call out to produce something. Jesus wanted more for the man. It wasn't just to call him out. He wasn't doing a drop mic moment in his life. He's calling him out because he actually wants more. And the man walks away sad. Maybe your go and moment is, is not a thing today. Maybe your go and moment is you. Go and give you and your inability to follow Jesus just because you're not sure about him. Or if you want to live the life he's called you to, and so the foothold for you is you saying, like, Jesus, like, I believe in you and I want to give my life to you. That's your go and. We all have a go and. We all have a go and thing. And this series has been about moving from unhealthy to healthy. Things that aren't working to things that are working. Going from living my life the way I want to live to aligning the way God has designed me to be. God has more for me. We need to do things His way. And here's the deal. When we do things His way, it always leads us to more freedom, not lack of. Sometimes we're nervous about this. What if I do this? What's on the other side? There's always more freedom on the other side of doing things God's way than on the front side. There's always more comfortability and satisfaction and, oh God, this is who you've created me to be on the other side of this obedience. And, and, and you never experience that because you don't go and take care of the thing. When you do things God's way, we get more of him. That may sound a very church-like thing to say, but y'all, like, we have more of him. Like, what can stop us? Like, he is for us. Who can be against us? We know these. Like, we seek first his righteousness and all these things. Well, like, this was on the other side of this big decision. You've got to go in, and I wonder if the Holy Spirit speaks to you right now, and there's some conviction in you, and you want to think about lunch, and the Holy Spirit wants you to think about right now. want to push you to say, is there a go and in your life? Based on the man's question, Jesus knew he was searching for something in life because he was not content. And he looks at your life right now, whether in this room or online, he looks at your life and he's like, I want to push you too. So maybe the question that needs to be asked right now is, God, what am I holding back from you today?
What have I taken ownership of that I need to give back to you? Because maybe on the other side of obeying Jesus is exactly what you've been looking for. But you've looked all in the wrong places. You too put that song out. Because they were just people like you and I. I still haven't found what I'm searching for. I guess what I want to be today is the pastor that goes, you won't. Till you give in to this. Or maybe this. Maybe you have found what you're looking for, but it costs you too much. What if you know exactly what you're supposed to be doing, but it costs you too much, and so you walk away sadly because I can't do that. That's too much. I would say what's costing you in life is not doing it. Not that you would do it. There's too many stories of people who have given what God has called them to have broken down and say, okay, God, if this is what you've called me to do, then I'll do it. I don't know what's on the other side. Too many stories in this room may be filled with it. When you finally said yes to Jesus, the other side is so much more beautiful. The, the life that you're looking for is not in this person who has money and has the power. The life that you're looking for is someone who is satisfied in Jesus alone. And so, typically, we end our service with worship. I'm not going to do that today. I just want to pray over you. Because I have to believe there are people in here who you don't feel content, complete in life. And you want it. And you're one decision away. And I just want to have a moment to pray for you that God makes that clear. And you have the courage to say yes. If fear is holding you back, may the Holy Spirit come in and heal that brokenness of fear. If anger is holding you back, I pray the Holy Spirit will come in and bring healing to that brokenness of anger. If selfishness or pride or greed is what's holding you back, I want to pray that the Holy Spirit comes in and breaks and heals that brokenness of that area in your life. If sin is the thing that's holding you back, that you will be, God, uh, I'm sorry, forgive me. If your life is the thing that's being held back, that the Holy Spirit would come in and say, just give your life. You have new life in Jesus because his death and resurrection that is provided for you. And everything you've been looking for is now on the other side of just giving your life over. And maybe that is what the Holy Spirit will come in and you'll finally break. Say, God, okay, I'll give you my life. I don't even know what that means, but I do actually want to do things your way. Because hear me. 
At some point, we've got to reverse the river because we have to move from unhealthy to healthy, broken to healed, was not working to something that is working. We have to move from our ways to God's ways. You can keep fighting in life and you're going to live in the sickness. You're going to live in the death. You're going to live in everything the enemy wants for you until you say, okay, I will make the decision and I'll reverse this. And God, I'm going to go your way. I don't know your story. I don't know your story. But we all have a go in thing. And so my prayer is going to be, we would say, okay, I'm not going to walk away sadly from Jesus. I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to take care of that. Because I don't want this junk anymore. I don't want this feeling like there's something missing anymore. I want to walk that way. So can we pray? Heavenly Father, you love us. Heavenly Father, you love us. Mark describes this interaction with this man. He says Jesus looked at him and he loved him. Everything you call out for us is because you love us. Everything you call out that would come from us is because you love us. Anything you want to change in our life is for our good. But the enemy is always fighting back and pushing back and saying, no, you don't need to do that. What if you, what if you do that? How's that going to hurt your life? God, I pray that your Holy Spirit be so thick today that it'd be, what happens if you don't? So God, refine us, grow us, help us trust you. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit be way more powerful than the words that I spoke and that you would give the go and thing for each of us. Is there something we are holding on to that you want us to let go of? Is there something that owns us when we really need to be owned by you, our Heavenly Father? Heavenly Father, I don't want 2022 to be like 2021. I want us to follow you in freedom. I want us to follow you in faith. I want to follow us to follow you in joy. I want us to be excited for everything you're doing in our lives. God, but help us to do things your way or we'll never find it. So God, do a work in us. Speak to us. God, I ask you not to let us off the hook, but challenge us deeply out of love. It's your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church. If you would like to hear more, check out our website at OurOneHope.com for message archives, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.